0: welcome to the readerly report your hosts are gail weisswasser and nicole Bonilla. we hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations recommendations and observations on the reading life thanks so much for joining us welcome to another edition of the readerly report Today, Gail and I are going to do some catching up on what we've been reading. I want to talk to you because we never got a chance to talk about when you hosted, when you had your author event. So I want to talk about that. And we want to talk about paperbacks because so much good stuff has come in, out in paperback over the last few months. And this is a perfect time to get your paperbacks ready for all the, the spring reading and summer reading and vacation reading. So let's get to it.
1: Let's start with what we're reading.
0: Right now I'm reading Golden Child by Claire Adam. And? What do you think? I like it so far. I mean, it's very intricate family storytelling, really immersed in this culture in Trinidad and this family where they there are twin sons and one has gone missing. And sons are very different from each other. One is a very problematic child. He's the one who disappears. And the family has all of this tension over what to do about his disappearance, like how to bring him back.
1: It's a good story.
0: I liked it a lot. I'm, I'm going to be
1: – I'm excited to discuss it with you when you're finished. I agree. I thought it was really good, and it's very memorable. Like I read that, I don't know, two months ago or so, maybe, maybe a month and a half, and I feel like it has stayed with me longer than some other books I read around the same time.
0: Yes. I feel like it's another one of those stories where you – I mean, I I I think I tend to agree with the father a little bit more. There is this dynamic there where the mother is always encouraging these twins to be together and family is more important. But the father is just much more wanting to to separate them and, and let them be able to live their own lives based on their capabilities. So that's a really interesting thing to, of course, consider both because, you know, as a mother, you think of the safety of your kids and what's best for both of them. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. I think maybe we will put it on our slate of books that we discuss as a book club pick. So if we do that, it probably we will probably discuss it at some point in July or sometime over the summer. But we will talk more about that and let you know. So that's what I'm reading. And I'm also reading our May book club pick, A Woman is No Man. So... Okay. We will will save our conversation about that so that we don't contaminate each other and (laughs) our discussion is nice and fresh. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Well, I am reading our book club pick. So I'm about maybe 30 pages
1: from the end. um, So I will not comment on that until we discuss that next week for our May book club. That is A Woman is No Man by Ataf Room. And on audio, I'm doing My Ex Life by Stephen McCauley and it's it's good it's uh it feels a little like an old fashioned read i don't know i've read other books by him earlier in my life and i feel like this one has it it, it deals with a lot of modern things it talks about like airbnb and college admissions and social media and stuff like that so it's 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 clearly updated but it it just has a the humor too it has sort of an old fashioned feel to it i don't mean that in a bad way um so I don't know. I'll I'll report back when I have finished it. I've had this problem, too, that, like, all these library books have come in at the same time. It's kind of the usual, like, feast or famine. Okay. So what are you sorting through? Like, what are your choices? Do you have lots of good ones? I think so. So I have Beyond the Point, which came in, and I have – what's the name of this one? It's the the one about the the talk show host, and it's kind of a Me Too book. Something Something Stays Up Late forgot what that one's called or up all night or something like that that one came in and then I just got a notification that normal people is waiting for me so I I just like every time I try to sort of go back to like the books I have at home I get you know this pressure to finish I just returned a couple library books too so I don't know it's making me a little stressed
0: So what is your thinking on Normal People by Sally Rooney? Because I know you said you read her first one and you didn't really like it that much. I
1: think I might still give it a try because people seem to really like this one. And even people who read the first one, like I think Catherine from Gilmore Guide read the first one and then she read the second one and said the second one was better. So I sort of feel like given the amount of buzz, maybe I should give it a chance. But you've read it. So tell Mm -hmm. me what you thought.
0: Oh, I really liked it. I really liked it. It's about these two college students. Well, they don't start out as college students. It starts out when they are in high school. And Guy's name is Connell and his mother cleans the house of Marianne. And this is in a small town right outside of Galway. Like, I mean, Galway is really small. I've been. So if this is some like little suburb of Galway, it's pretty small because you can, you can walk around all of Galway in a couple of hours. And I'm, would think that everyone, you know, would know each other. So they have this intense pressure. Starting a relationship, he's one of the popular kids in school because he plays soccer. And she, though her family is very wealthy, she's sort of very stand standoffish and a little bit ostracized by um, her peers. So they start a relationship that has to remain secret. Then they both attend college together in Dublin and so it just traces their relationship and how it the ebbs and flows and how it evolves over time you know once they get to college she's a little bit more in her element and is able to find her footing a little bit more readily than he is you know he's sort of a fish out of water and there's lots of things you know being that he did not come from means that he's adjusting to in college but they do continue they do continue a relationship over the course of these years and so once their relationship is established in high school, it's basically about their college years and experiences. So she I think she does such a good job in terms of just capturing the dynamic of their relationship, um, capturing the dynamics of some of these angst ridden relationships that you have, you know, when you're growing up, when you're at such a, a vulnerable time, I think when you when you care about people, what people think to an excruciating degree and finding yourself and, you know, there's just like lots of class and gender issues that come up over the course of this book and their relationship. And she does a good job with all of it. So I really liked it. I want to read conversations with friends.
1: Yeah. So I think that sounds appealing. So I think I will, I'll pick it up from the library and if I can squeeze it in, I will. But I kind of need to slow down the library books because it's just – it's starting to interrupt the pace of other books I would maybe read.
0: So I got this one book from the library. It's like the only book that I've gotten from the library because I just happened to be there with – with my family, Mm -hmm. and they were doing some things in the library, and it was a book that I was meaning to buy that I wanted to read. It's called The Last by Hannah Jameson, and I picked it up, and I read it from the library, and I really, really liked it. It's about this, I think I mentioned it in one of our, like, maybe it was the April preview show that we did when I talked about it was, it was set in this hotel, and the world has just ended, and this, this man is attending his conference. It looks like maybe there was some sort of conflict with his wife when when they become separated, of course, by I think there's like nuclear things happening over d c and you know oh, several yes. nuclear you did mention this. attacks <laughs> have been launched at once, and then he so while they 're cut off from everything, he starts investigating the death of a young girl that they find in the water tank. She's like eight or nine years old, and he starts investigating causes of her murder. It's really interesting. It's not a book that I would recommend. Like, if you think that the murder mystery is going to be the central element in this novel, then I think that you'll be disappointed. But if you just look at it from the point of view of someone considering all of these questions about the end of the world, it was very interesting because he's sort of doing this as a distraction. Of course, with things, this investigation, with things that are going on, you don't want to think about whether your wife is still alive, whether you'll ever see your kids again. You know, there's like no airplanes. There's no communications. You don't even know if anyone else still exists. So it's it's sort of about having different people together at this hotel it's a a diverse cast of characters and how do people break out in different groups and how do people start to talk about what's happened and who they think is responsible and in what ways do you go crazy or or consider crazy things when you are in a situation where you don't even know whether the world the rest of the world exists so there was just lots of really interesting characters having interactions and of course they're rationing food and 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 trying to find a way to make their resources last so it was just a really really interesting book
1: where does where is this hotel what city
0: it's in switzerland and the interesting thing about the hotel that they're at you know the the main character has all these considerations about why he's there and if people have been drawn there for a particular reason because the hotel before they even get there it's it has a history of either Murders, suicides, people drowning. So it has like this weird energy around it. And one of the other characters is someone who's actually there investigating the goings-on in this hotel. So it combines a lot of things really well in a a book that's pretty straightforward and easy to read.
1: It's kind of like your
0: your closed room mystery. Yes, it is. It is. If you really care about the mystery. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That sounds good. Yeah. Did I report back on the girl he used to know. Did I already talk about that on the show?
0: Um, I don't think you know. Okay. I don't think you had finished it.
1: Yeah. So I finished that one. That is the book about the couple who met in college and then they were together and then they broke up for about 10 years and get back together. She has autism. She's on the spectrum, although she's not really diagnosed with it till much later in the book. So, you know, well into the 10 year later part. And it's just I don't know. It's a sweet and like sort of surprisingly substantial book. And I like the depiction of the interplay between the two of them. He is not on the spectrum and she is. And so they, the author kind of explores like how he gets the emotional affirmation he needs knowing that she's not really capable of giving it. And you know what, what it is that allows her to open up beyond her emotional comfort zone because she's in this relationship with him. So it's a nice uh, glimpse into that mindset. I mean, I feel like autism fiction is kind of big. There's, you know, there's The Curious Incident. There's uh, Eleanor Oliphant. You know, books about people who have kind of difficulty connecting in an emotional way. And this one, I thought, felt... Made the the main character the one who's on the spectrum feel maybe a little more accessible than the uh, those other two books did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I liked it. Not you know not a terribly long read, and uh, I you know I picked it up as a palate cleanser after after like baby teeth and the stressful stuff, golden child and things like that. It was good. It was really good. It's not it's not like a light beach read type thing, but it was, it was, I don't know. It was very satisfying.
0: I don't, you know, I don't know. Something about the description just surprises me. Like, were you surprised by the book that you got? I felt like, I, I don't know. I guess I was just thinking that this was more of a mystery and maybe it's because the title is playing with me, you know, the girl he used to know. Oh uh, yeah. It's not, um, it's I not guess a I'm mystery. just really, dis- yeah, really surprised. Well, not a mystery, but just some element of suspense in, you know, who is this girl and why do they run into each other again? And it sounds like a very different...
1: Yes, there's no mystery to it. I will say this. If you want to read this book, po- jump ahead 30 seconds because I'm going to give a mild spoiler. So jump ahead, right? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> how much,
0: how spoilery is it? I might... I, oh, you, because you shot. might want to read it. Okay. I, I might want to read yeah, it. Yeah,
1: all right. You know what? Let me wait till you read it. There's... There, I'm finding that there's a theme that is coming up in a fair amount of fiction in the last couple years, which harkens back to an event that happened a while ago. And mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to know why it is having a resurgence in books. And so I, I'm not going to get into it if you'd like to read it. But when, once you've read it, remind me and then maybe we can talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. But it's okay. just there's a plot element that I'm like, oh, interesting, like this again. <laughs> now I have to
0: read it just for that.
1: Just for that. Okay. All right. Well, it'll take you like a morning to read this book. but um, Right. Yeah. Anyway, so I read that. But okay, let's jump ahead because I think that, that we've covered what we're reading. And we want to talk about some books that are newly out or about to come out in paperback that we have both read or have had our eye on for a while. So that if you are thinking about some summer reads, but you don't want to invest in a hardcover either because of the money or because you don't want to lug around a hardcover on an airplane or on the beach, then these are some nice options for you on the paperback front.
0: So what, do you know what finally came out? And I'm not going to discuss it because we've discussed, this is my, I feel, well, nothing approaches your Kitchens of the Great Midwest. <laughs> But I've mentioned this book quite a bit. So A Gentleman in Moscow finally came out in paperback on March 26th. This book hasn't been in paperback. I mean, this book came out in like 2016, I believe. Yeah, and I've read... Maybe maybe even before then. I think I've, I've read really articles about like why they keep
1: delaying the paperback. And it's just because it's been because, such a juggernaut in, in hardcover.
0: Right, because people won't stop buying it. That's why yeah. hardcover... I mean, that's sort of how you can tell how a book has done like if if a book comes out in the summer or if it comes out in early fall and then it's December or January and that book is out in paperback probably wasn't selling well. But when they do sell very well like um I was noticing Ohio it's already it's out in paperback. I think it came out in August. Yeah. Yeah, so this came out in September of 2016. It is finally has finally made its way to paperback. So
1: I bet that's so going to get ev- Now the
0: rest of the world can re- yeah, <laughs> read The exactly. Gentleman in Moscow. Exactly.
1: Let's look at I mean, I think I'm going to guess you and I have a little bit of overlap because some of these books are ones you and I both read and really liked. So my April book is Tin Man, which I reviewed. Yeah, just read. Yeah, I just read. I think that was a library book, so I read that in hardcover. So I know I've talked about that on the show, so I won't get too much into it, but it is a book about um, these three friends who have kind of an interesting dynamic between the three of them and two of them have died and one of them is left and is kind of reflecting back on friendships and what brought them together and kind of trying to process their deaths. It is not a very long book, but I thought it was really good. It's very quiet and melancholy and I don't know, I just really liked it a lot. So that actually came out a couple of weeks ago on April the 9th and I think would make a nice, uh, easy and quick paperback read okay all right what do you got That
0: sounds good the only story by julian barnes is out in paperback i I had mentioned that book this is the story it's really interesting because it's the story about an affair between a young college student and a woman in her she's probably in her 40s And it's about their relationship and the evolution of their relationship as she goes from living with her husband to living with him. It's told when he is in his 60s. So it's told, it's quite a bit of a look back. But it was very interesting because he talks about how he entered her life and completely changed it. And it's all about just their feelings. And there's a lot of speculation. There's a a heavy philosophical feel that I didn't always enjoy but it is an interesting book so if um, I think he he tends to like to write these dense philosophical books so there's a lot of recursive kind of well if then or this happened but what if I had looked at it this way so if you like that kind of writing I think you'll like it I mean I liked it but I didn't I didn't love reading it you know what I mean mm-hmm. It wasn't,
1: I've, I've had my eye on this book for a while, but I'm curious to know, so he's 60 when he's telling the story. So when does it take place?
0: I want to say it takes place in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the 60s or 70s. And yeah. So it's quite a bit of a look back for him. You know, he's already established in his career and I don't believe that he's married, but he's just looking back on this really formative relationship that took quite a number of years out of both of their lives and the effect that it had. I would say what it really is a quiet moving story away from but I think that's kind of a spoiler. Okay. It's something that you figure out as their as their relationship develops. I don't know. It's one of those books that you appreciate having read, but I don't know that I I don't know that I would read anything else by him again because it was just it's a short book, but it took me a while to get through it because it was just so dense and heavy the topics, their relationships. So,
1: hmm. okay. Did you like Sense of an Ending? I can't remember.
0: I didn't read Sense of an Ending. Okay.
1: Did you? Yeah, and I remember being frustrated by it. Like.
0: Yeah, I think he like. I think that that's his style. Yeah. Too too smart. <laughs> for- <laughs> so if you were looking for a really smart read, there's that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, also coming out in May is There There by Tommy Orange. We've talked about that quite a bit on the show as well. That is the book that is kind of kaleidoscope view of a number of different uh, Native Americans living in Oakland, Um, a bunch of different stories, some of which are interconnected that culminate with all of the characters at the end uh, being at the same location, which is the Oakland Coliseum. We've talked quite a bit about this one, so I won't give it a whole lot more. But if you've had this one in mind, now would be a good time to pick it up.
0: So a book that I really liked is out in paperback. It's The Hunger by Alma Katsu. And that was the re, not the retelling, but it is, I guess, a presentation of what happened to the Donner Party when they tried to travel through the mountains to reach California. We know that this is a very tragic story. Here she's taken it and she's added sort of a supernatural element to the story of what's happening as they're trying to cross the mountain path and make it winter comes and they don't have enough supplies. It seems like they've been given the wrong information and it leads to some of them becoming cannibals before they can make it to their final destination. She adds the supernatural elements to this story in such a realistic way. Like, um, It's just, I just love the way she was able to add those elements, like I said, in, in a realistic way and in a way that I think that people will appreciate and get just more of an understanding of how the West works and the people who live there and a lot of the elements that could have gone into this. I mean, she does make up a lot of, I mean, we don't know there are some letters that survive that she leans on, but of course a lot of this is imagined, but she does a really good job of just describing how the tension of such an arduous journey and the cold and diminishing supplies and how looking out for yourself becomes such a part of their story and all the dynamics that are involved between the different characters. So it's, it's really good. If you like anything, if you like, if you don't mind a little bit of supernatural, then I definitely would check this one out. Is that a departure from earlier books by her? Not really. She, the first book that she wrote was the taker. It's set in, in Boston, probably in the 1700s, I want to say, 1700s, 1800s. So that was a historical element, but a historical story, but it also had elements of the paranormal. So it's definitely not a departure for her. It is a return in the sense that The Taker was a series, so the first book was really historical. The second two books I didn't like as much, and they were uh, much more contemporary. So I feel like it's a return to historical fiction for her.
1: Hmm. Okay. I've never read anything by her, but I remember back in the day you used to see we used to see her at Bea,
0: and I know that you were pretty friendly with her. Right. Yeah. We. I think we would meet up for coffee mm-hmm. if she, when she was in town, or I feel like Swapna knew her, so maybe when I was in DC, we saw her too.
1: Yeah, I remember meeting her. She's very nice. I actually am going to talk about the book that I'm reading right now, which is The Ex-Life. That is the one I mentioned at the top of the show, and I said it was sort of old-fashioned. That one is coming out in paperback on May 7th. And this is by Stephen Macaulay, who is an author I really liked many years ago. And he kind of waits a long time in between books. But this book is about couple they used to be married they were only married for like a year and then he sort of finally acknowledged that he was gay so they got divorced but very amicably and then he moved to San Francisco and she moved to Boston and it's now like you know 20 to 30 years later and they're both kind of have come upon hard times they're both sort of living in these precarious housing situations he's been living in this carriage house in San Francisco that now the landlord is going to sell the house and so he's going to have to move out and he's been getting some sweetheart deal. And of course, can't afford to live in San Francisco past, you know, he he will never be able to live as well as he's been living at the rent he's been paying. Meanwhile, she has gotten divorced and her house is about to be sold because her ex-husband wants the money from the house. And so he flies across the country to help her out. And it's kind of about their relationship and the fact that, you know, they had this life together, even though it wasn't perfect, obviously, but they have still have fondness for each other, and it's about how they kind of come to each other's rescue. And this is the one that I mentioned that has got some funny references in it. That are, that he makes a lot of fun of, you know, um, sort of this Airbnb and about uh, the college admissions process, which turns out to be quite timely given the scandal that we're seeing unfold right now. Uh,
0: One review I... Yeah, I was going to ask you about that.
1: Yeah, so in the book, he's he's like a, like a, a consultant that you would hire to help kids with college essays. So there's nothing untoward going on. There's no payments. There's no bribery. But it's just interesting that it's coming up now, given what else is going on. There's that element to it. I did read a review, and somebody was very upset with the book because they said, if you are a Republican you will not like this book because he does skewer Republicans in here. And that is true. So like he <laughs> talks about like religious homeschoolers and he talks about Republicans not caring about the earth. I mean, he makes these gross generalizations about like politics. So uh, just a warning. So
0: Republican friends might not want to read. Yeah. This one.
1: Just a warning. If you identify as a Republican, d- d- don't pick this one up because it'll make you really mad. Um, If you're like a bleeding heart liberal, (laughs) you'll find it entertaining. So anyway, just a little bit of a warning on that one.
0: So you said this writing seemed old fashioned. Have you found that to be the case with his other books?
1: Well, I don't know because I read them like 20 years ago. So they probably were apt at the time. Um, I mean, it's just sort of this like gentle humor that – I feel like is of a generation kind of reminds me of like Eleanor Lippmann, or I'm trying to think who else I'd put in that camp. It's books that they don't, they're not like pushing the the envelope, like creatively or artistically, but they're good storytellers and they are entertaining and very observant and incisive about sort of current stuff. So it's more like the writing style just feels a little old fashioned to me. And it, again, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it's, it's a style of book. And so that's what it's hitting me while I'm reading it. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: I don't know. I guess it makes me think of I'm trying to think of books that are by older writers, but I can't think of any. Yeah. I mean, Maybe Marianne Robinson.
1: Is that her name? Um, Maryland, yeah, I haven't read anything by her. I mean, I these are just kind of humor, humor books that just they just have a little a little older feel to them. Well, oh,
0: how old are the characters?
1: Characters are like in their early fifties, maybe late forties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not the characters that feel old; it's
0: just the style. The style,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I'm not trying to take away from it i just you know you compare it to like
0: accidental a,
1: tourist yeah maybe that ann tyler style maybe that yeah that's
0: i think that's who I was yeah i mean
1: i just compare it to like a tommy orange which has such a fresh feel to it and it's a totally different mm-hmm. type of book i mean tommy orange is not that's not a funny book at all it's a totally different type of book but it just it's just a different style
0: So I'm just going to mention a few in quick succession because I feel like either I've talked about them a lot or they are by big name authors who you've probably heard of and you know if you like their books. One is Bring Me Back by B.A. Paris. That's coming out in paperback. Ghosted is coming out. Ghosted by Rosie Walsh. Gail and I both really liked Ghosted so that's going to be out in paperback and I feel like we've discussed it quite a bit on the show. It's about this couple or these two people who meet and they have a very intense week, very intense relationship, you know, they're going to keep in touch, but then she doesn't hear from him again and the mystery is what happened. Did something happen to him? And then you sort of realize that he is still alive, so it has to be something else. And she just can't believe that, you know, that they're not together because they had such strong feelings. So, of course, it's the investigation to exactly what happened and if they're connected and, and, you know, if there can be a resolution for the two of them. An Unwanted Guest by Shari LaPena, which is another sort of locked, locked room mystery. It is about a group of people who are staying overnight at this lodge. I think something comes up. I think it's a snowstorm comes up or something where they're isolated and someone is killed in the night. And at first it looks like it's a mistake. It looks like maybe this person fell down the stairs, but then other things happen that make it make the guests believe that they are being picked off one by one. So sort of like a modern day and then there were none. Mhm. Heavy on the Agatha Christie vibe. So that's gonna be coming out. So those were the big names. Um, I think that's all. And I'm just going to very quickly mention The Aftermath by Riddy and Brooke, which I talked about a bunch. You know, like Gail and I are always talking about how we're always on the search for those very specific World War II novels because so many of them come out that we really want to find the good ones. And I think that this is one of the good ones. Of course, they have the movie that's out now that I, or, you know, who knows, at this point it might have gone on to video. What's the name of it again? (laughs) move so quickly the aftermath and what's it about I think Kira Knightley is in that one that's the world war ii novel where she is being reunited with her husband right after the war is over they have to live in a house like they're doing some kind of partition so they have to live in a house they're living in an old mansion where the German residents who had lived there before are still in residence and it's about you know how they live together in this house and what happens the trailer for the movie I feel like is very spoilery because there's stuff that happens in the trailer that happens later on but you know they're shaping your experience of it and maybe they're emphasizing different things but the trailer sort of spoilery for the book so
1: I have on my list little fires everywhere coming out May 7th (laughs) um I put it there because Mm -hmm. it's well-known and people love this book. I did not like this book. This is by Celeste Dang. It was uh, one of the ones that I've sort of diverged from what a lot of other people felt about it. Uh, it, This is a book about a family living in Ohio. It is ostensibly billed as a book about transracial adoption or transcultural adoption. But that ends up being, I think, actually a pretty small part of the book. It's really more about this family dynamic and this mother with four kids and what goes on. And I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that if there's an arson involved or a house burns down. And um, hmm. I did not like this book, but it was this book is just beloved. So I felt like my duty as the host of this show, the co-host of the show, to mention that it's coming out. So um, people liked it.
0: So what didn't you love about it again?
1: I just thought it was unrealistic. Um, I just, I didn't, I, I didn't sort of believe what was going on. I did not like the mother at all. And I thought that the way she behaved felt very implausible. I thought that things were kind of brushed under the rug. I didn't like the way things were sort of picked up and dropped. Like that the whole, the whole issue with the adoption, I didn't like that one. I don't know. It was very convenient, the whole book. I, I also didn't like her first book, which was Everything
0: I Never Told You. I think that's the name of it. And did you think it was the same same kind of thing and uh, very convenient, or did you not like that one for different reasons?
1: I am trying to remember what I didn't like about that one. I think with that one, it felt there was so much unexplored, and the way that was a book about the disappearance of a girl. A, actually, the one daughter drowns. That's not a that's not a uh, mystery either. That happens like the first page, but then it's like, why did she drown? She was a good swimmer, so something must have happened. I, again, like I felt like that book didn't have enough connection. I didn't I didn't like the way the family interacted. It, it felt like no one was communicating. I think that's the problem I had in this book too. Like That's just not how people relate to each other. Like Everyone was kind of too clueless about what other people were feeling. So mm. it may just be that Celeste Ng and I are not meant to be.
0: I always ask you if you'll watch the movie. I think she's, you've told me yes or you don't know or whatever. So speaking of movies that I don't know – well first of all, okay, so a couple of news items which will probably you know what what I love about book news is that it never gets old in a sense because the book world moves so slowly. Hmm. So, but Big Little <laughs> Big Little Lies season 2 is coming, you know, Meryl Streep is in it, so it'll be here in June. Do you know what part um, she plays? She is going to play the mother of the dude who is murdered. Oh, the guy guy got-
1: the guy who got pushed down the
0: she, stairs? Yeah, she's she's coming and she's just like, uh, I don't believe this was an accident. Or um, will, will you tell me the truth of what happened? Or I don't know. Something seems threatening. So it seems like it's going to be the premise of the second season will be, will the dynamic hold between the people who were involved in the murder from mm-hmm. the first book? Okay. I think that's the approach that they're taking. So that's one thing. So... Leanne Moriarty, Truly Madly Guilty, is being developed. I really didn't like that book. Nine Perfect Strangers has gotten such mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. And I think Nicole Kidman, it was announced that she is going to be doing a Hulu series for it. Now I have to see whether I'm going to read, read this one since I didn't like the last one. And this one's getting such mixed reviews. I feel like the answer is yes. I'm probably going to read it. Who yeah. am I kidding? <laughs>
1: But I like the pretense of discernment and, and you know. Right, right. I might
0: not. Yeah. I might not do Well, we got to have some suspense on the show, you know?
1: Like you said, things and move watch, slowly. I... This is like our and one element of suspense. Will Nicole read it or not?
0: And the Obamas have teamed up with Netflix to work on a series of projects. One sounds really interesting. Well, one... Is supposedly, I don't know if this is confirmed, like I saw an article about it being rumored that one was going to be on the fifth risk, which is the Michael Lewis book about the Trump presidency. So I heard that they were do, you know that there, there's speculation that that might be one of the books that may have been confirmed since then or denied, but one of the projects that they're working on is the story. It's going to be a documentary about a huge Asian company electronics company I believe that comes and takes over like an abandoned plant in Ohio and I guess just the the culture clash and what happens in that community when that happens and you know it's supposed to be a very blue-collar neighborhood that this factory is in so yeah so I think that they want to do a lot of stories about different elements of the American population, just bringing different stories to the forefront. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what they're developing.
1: I feel like we're looking at like four more weeks where the Obamas are going to live in Washington, D.C. Uh
0: Uh-oh, it's coming to an end. It's
1: going to come to an end because what is keeping them here? Like they're either going to move to L.A. if they're going to be you know, close to like this Netflix production company or they're going to move back to
0: Chicago where he's building his library. I mean, what... I would think they're go- I would be so surprised if they moved to L.A. I mean, people will go to them to make meetings or they'll yeah. visit and do what meetings they could. I can't imagine that. I mean, they just in particular seem so invested in Chicago. And I would imagine that Michelle wants to go back there. So I have basically four weeks to like befriend and become Michelle
1: Obama's best friend. And get her on the show. And get her on the show. Right. So I got to work. I gotta move fast. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I got a lot to do. I'm going to start stalking and just camp outside their house because I'm sure that, you know, security isn't going to like usher me out.
0: (sighs) So before we get to our last few books, Gail, I want to hear like we never did. We discussed it briefly in passing, but, you know, for people who wanted to know what it was going to be like for you to host Greer McAllister. Oh, the author
1: reading. Yeah.
0: Um, That was so fun. Yeah, your author event. It was so fun. So we had
1: um, Linda Leugman and Greer McAllister. We did did a panel discussion with them. Um, We talked about their books. We talked about uh, how they – Now,
0: were their books similar?
1: Yes and no. Well, I mean, we actually found some themes to talk about. I mean, because I was trying to come up with questions to ask both of them. Uh, They both have to do with sisters. They both have to do with family expectations. They're both historical fiction. They both deal with women getting out of their comfort zone and proving to themselves what they can do. So yeah, their books were actually kind of similar. I mean, they had a different tenor to them. Greer's book felt, that was um, Woman 99, that felt a little bit more, I think I called it adventure fiction than the wartime sisters which felt just more kind of like traditional historical fiction but we talked about how they chose where to set their books and the process of doing research for historical fiction they were they were just lovely it was really fun uh, we talked about where they write when they read um, I think that you know they're just different fairly all different the things women. that
0: we love to ask yeah yes
1: all those things so we got to do it live in front of a bookstore full of people um some of my family and friends came which was fun but then there were also lots, lots of other people in the room that i didn't know and i love doing that i'd like to do more of it so i told the bookstore if they ever need a moderator for a panel or for an dis- author discussion dealing with literary fiction you know to, to consider me because i would like to do more of it, it was really fun so that's good that. well, let's see i think they have a few more here to bring up There's a book I added to the list that I have not read, which looked really good. And I was like, whoa, never heard of this one. And it's a Nick Hornby book called State of the Union. Uh, Have you heard of this one? Mm Mm-mm. It's about a marriage and about this couple that's in couples counseling or marriage therapy. And it's them having a discussion before every session in which they break down some element of their marriage. Like they take the marriage and they cut it up into tenths, and then they, they discuss some portion of it. And it just sounded good. And you know, I'm like all high on Nick Hornby right now because of Juliet naked, which of course I didn't read the book, but if it's based on, I mean, it has to be good. That movie was so good. So if it's based on that book, it's gotta be a good book. And I, I think I've read any Nick Hornby since maybe how to be good, or maybe even something before that. It's been a long time. But that one looked good. You didn't
0: read about a boy?
1: So I know I saw about a boy. I'm trying to remember if I actually read the book beforehand. I think I did read the book beforehand. Yeah. And then that was with um, Hugh Grant, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I think I saw that. So that one looked good. I wanted to include it because it was something I would maybe try to recommend. Another the other thing I was just going to mention is that we've talked about a book called The Farm quite a bit. And that is I have that here as May 21. So is that not out yet? And it's just coming out in paperback. It's debut is in paperback. Is that the deal with that one?
0: Really? No, I thought that's hardcover. Uh, that's maybe coming I, out I hardcover. got that wrong.
1: That's funny. Cause I did my search and I restricted it to paperback.
0: I wonder if that's the, if it's like a large format, if it's like see. a large print hmm. book,
1: but okay. Okay. Oh, here it is. Uh, trade paperback. No, it says trade paperback May 21.
0: Oh, are they doing a dual release then?
1: But it's listed at $29. Oh, you know what? Nicole, you're brilliant. It's large print. It's a large print mm-hmm. paperback that it appeared here as a... Because it's a yeah, paperback. Okay. All right, so never mind. So we'll take that one off. And there's good <laughs> stuff coming out in June, but we're not going to get into that yet. We'll wait until the end of May to talk about June paperback releases?
0: Yeah, my reasoning being that the summer there's going to be lots of paperbacks. It's always good to be able to just stick a paperback in your bag. Mm -hmm. Something that you don't have to be too precious with and you can get sand on it or whatever. Right. So we will update you and I think a lot and and just the sheer number of books I think we'll have a lot of those you know, like the big blockbusters from last year will probably be trickling out over the summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about the female persuasion? Oh, sure.
1: Yeah. So the female persuasion is also coming out this month. That was a big blockbuster from about a year, two years ago. Year last year? I can't remember when that came out. Last year, wasn't it? Last year, last year. Wow. Okay. So that's Meg Wolitzer's latest book, and it is about ostensibly about feminism, although I think there's a lot of people it, – it came out during Me Too, and I think people were like, oh, it's the Me Too book. And that's a little unfair of an expectation to put on a book that was probably written a year before the Me Too stuff even hit. But it's about uh, a woman named Greer, right, who's growing up in mm-hmm. New York, and she goes to college and meets this woman who's kind of a famous feminist uh Speaker and publisher, and it's kind of about the relationship that they develop. They it's sort of a mentor mentee relationship, and there's also some elements of friendship in there because we also follow some of her uh, relationships with her college boyfriend and her best friend from college, and just about it's really just a book about relationships and. The ways in which people disappoint other people and kind of unfair expectations sometimes that we project on the people we admire and it's typical Meg Wolitzer in that these relationships are examined to a very close degree and there's lots of minute detail about the ins and outs and it's extremely readable. I don't think it's my favorite Meg Wolitzer but I liked it a lot and it definitely had a moment last year and it is coming out in paperback this year. So I'm assuming we're going to start seeing that, uh, at airports and subways and beaches as people pick up the, mm-hmm. cause it was a bit of a doorstop of a hardcover.
0: Yeah. It was out in April of last year oh, so when okay. it came out. So I think that it, it was, it was doing good business. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have several more paperbacks on our, my list that, you know, we, as usual, we like to try to sprinkle books in, um over the course of other shows and as gail mentioned at the end of each month at least for the summer we're going to try to just we usually do this quarterly but we'll we'll try to keep you abreast of what's coming out in paperback because that's important all right so very quickly before we sign off we're going to do our backlist books of the week so gail why don't you start us off with What backlist book have you dug out of the archives for us?
1: (laughs) So I dug out of the archives One Day by David Nichols, which is a book that checks in on two people every year on the same day. And if I remember correctly, I think it's my brother's birthday. I think it's July 15th. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and
1: it just jumped out at me because it was, you know, I was like, "Oh, it's his birthday." So it checks in on them every year and looks at this relationship that they're having, which goes through ups and downs. And I think it maybe uh, covers—is it twenty years? Ten? I can't even remember now. But
0: I just—I think it's twenty years. It twenty years.
1: And I just really liked the construct of it. I liked the element of 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 seeing the progression of these two people and their relationship to each other. <clears throat> over the course of that time period and i just enjoyed the narrative uh, the narrative structure that he used yeah i really liked it and i think you and you read it and liked it too right
0: i read it but i wonder if i liked it i think i did i don't remember
1: i feel like you also read another one by him that i can't think of what it was called that I was a little bit on the fence about keeping or not. And you just, you said I should keep it us. It's called us. Mm.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, um, haven't read it, but I didn't purge it. I gave one day two stars on Goodreads. Oh my God. Why? I don't know. It came out in 2008. It was like a long time ago. (laughs) I'm curious to
1: know why you didn't like it. I'm, I always am interested I in... think
0: I saw the movie, and I like the movie better. Is that
1: Keira Knightley again?
0: No, I want to say it's Anne Hathaway. Ah, uh, I think you're right. That sounds right. All
1: right, well, I liked One Day. Nicole did this not is, like that. This is day. like...
0: Well, I said it was... Okay. Two was okay. Um... I interviewed the thing is I participated in an interview with the author. Okay. So I said about this one day is a book that I can easily imagine as the film it has become and definitely brings out the nostalgia and latent emotions surrounding difficult love affairs. with People that may or may not be the right fit. Dexter may be somewhat charming and good looking, but he is not the best choice for a bosom buddy and an even worse choice for a boyfriend or lover. Um, course that doesn't stop the sensitive and intense emma for struggling with her feelings for him for 20 years i'm looking forward to seeing this laid out visually because i think the film might solve a lot of the issues i had with the execution of the novel
1: hmm.
0: okay oh yeah it was It. it was that book was told mostly in dialogue and i hate books like that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's yeah
0: Most of this is communicated through heavy dialogue, which admittedly I'm not crazy about, and lengthy explanations catching the reader up from the previous year. It was hard to concentrate on the one day. So that's why I didn't like it. So my backlist book of the week is a book called From the Memoirs of a Non-Enemy Combatant. It's by Alex Gilvery. And it is about a young fashion designer who is he's up and coming and he's trying to, in trying to do his designs, he gets in contact with some shady people for getting his materials from. And somehow he just ends up, even though he has tried to make the best decisions for his business and do things, keeping them as on budget as possible, he runs, he gets into some shady gray areas and is imprisoned. So it's all about examining the life choices that got him there his experience there it was a really good book they think he's involved in some kind of terrorist plot because of where the funding for his clothes is coming from so it's just yeah it's his story
1: all right well those are our two backlist picks for the week and we'll be sure to add them to the list of books discussed so if any of these paperbacks or backlists or what we're reading now appeal to you Um, you can just click through the link and it'll take you right to the listing. So we have some fun shows coming up. I won't get into too much, but we have some good guests coming on and we're going to be doing a summer book preview. We're also going to be doing our book club for a woman is no man. So, uh, and I think there's going to be a fair amount to discuss with that book too. So please check the episodes as they come out in the next few weeks. Nicole has some travel coming up, so we're going to be talking about Nicole's vacation reads. Um, I'm going to be at Book Expo at the end of the month, and that's always a great source of book news and excitement and funny stories. So I'm still hoping that Nicole will get back from New York in time to join me for at least a day of that, because I'm going to be at sea without my BEA or my Book Expo buddy. But I will get as many books as I can so that I can report back on what's going to be coming out. So lots of fun topics coming up in the next couple weeks. And we always appreciate if you share this podcast with your friends and other readers that you know, that is how podcasts get traction and grow followers is when people talk about it with other people they know. So please share it, leave us a rating, leave us a review and keep listening. So until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.